Pipes and Mitch. Hey everybody, my next guest is an Australian singer-songwriter and was recently crowned the winner of The Voice in Australia for 2021. She's also released a brand new collection of songs on her new EP called Look Me In The Eyes. Her music has been described as crystalline, intimate, endlessly supple and warm as she has an extraordinary voice and she has become one of Australia's most identifiable new singer-songwriters on the scene and doing quite remarkably well in this short space of time. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Bella Taylor-Smith, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Right, I'd like to welcome the insanely talented Bella Taylor Smith. How are you today? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for coming on this year, little podcast. So, how's things? How have you been? What's been going on? What have you been up to? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really good. Been increasingly busy over the last little while, but um, lots of fun, lots of learning. Yeah, so well, you've been quite the busy bee, you know here to talk about the release of your latest EP. Congratulations, by the way. Yes, thank you. I'm so proud of it and so excited that people are getting to hear um, what, what I've been working on. Sweet. So we're going to talk about the Look In My Eyes EP and we're going to talk about sort of life pre, post and during uh, The Voice. So obviously, for those of you out there listening, Bella took out the title of The Voice 2021 in Australia. So congratulations, a long overdue, but well done for that as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're probably hearing that from everywhere. So, but I'm, I've, I've been a fan. I've, I watched the series and I, you know, I thought thoroughly well-deserved and oh, um, that's okay. So I'll just, first first things first, bit of an ice-breaking tool. Um, where do we find yeah. you today and how's, how's this darn pesky pandemic been treating you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really flipped everyone on their heads. I've had COVID a couple of times. It's hit my family a few times. So feeling grateful that I got it just before this tour and that I hopefully will have that six weeks of miraculous immunity. Um, but I'm just excited to get out and meet people now. I want to sing, you know, in in venues and to, to real people. So I'm glad that it's kind of on, on its back end, I think. Yeah, definitely. I am. Um... I just had it. I probably had to take a week off work, sort of about a fortnight oh, ago. At, at, yeah. Um, so I live out. I just moved out here to Orange from Lake Macquarie. I grew up out that way. Oh, um, okay. And Lake Macquarie so, so gorgeous. Yeah, I grew up in a little place called West Walls End. Um, oh. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My um, my partner's grandparents live in Toronto, so we go to fun. Lake Macquarie quite frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, and. Also, I saw that uh, there was a recent engagement between you two. So congratulations yes, on that. Thank you. Yeah, it was at Lake Macquarie. So <laughs> I may have had a cheeky a cheeky look on the socials before this year, Potty. So well, love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, it's good to hear that you're doing well. And as discussed, you do have a an upcoming tour, and we'll talk about uh, your solo shows and touring with the doing a few shows with the legendary guy Sebastian too. Is that right? Yes, yes. So much touring. I mean, we've only just started this leg. So I've actually got my second Sydney show tonight. We've done Newcastle and Wollongong and then going all around Australia. And then in July, I go on my solo headline tour, which is so exciting, um, which is around a little bit of Australia as well. Yep. And I've got all the dates and that we'll go through that later. And for for all the listeners, I will post socials to the links to Bella's website where you can get tickets and yeah. We can stream music and stuff too, so that's fine. But first things first, to, to sort of, as like a bit of an ice-breaking tool, I like to get people on and have a good old whinge wine sook. So this podcast has two parts. <laughs> it's about uh-huh. storytelling. And this part, it's called Having a Bitchy with Mitchie. And I was wondering, Bella, <laughs> would you like to join me in having a lighthearted whinge about something? <laughs> oh, I would love to. Love a good pet peeve. So how this works is we get on, it's, it's, it's pretty much in the title, 
the guest always <laughs> has the option of going first or I can while you think of something. That's up to you. Oh, yeah. I think you should you should start us off. Okay. Well, you know, something that really grinds my gears in a sort of, you know, I guess a first world sort of way, for goodness yeah. sake, I'm going to sound like a whinge idiot. um you know when you go to a cafe or you order a takeout from somewhere yeah and you sit down have a meal and you get a coffee and then you get i don't know i had a a toasted sandwich the other day and how often do you see the napkins underneath the food it's like oh yeah i wouldn't mind something to wipe my face but they're pretty much saying oh hey champ yeah i'm sorry to all this grease to go into the napkin you may as well wipe your face with your sandwich you idiot <laughs> yeah, it seems a bit counterintuitive, I think. It happens all the time. Like, you got to get a takeaway bag and you reach in, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's covered in. Yeah, right. So, my bitch is to all the cafe owners out there, <laughs> quit, quit leaving yeah, me high please. and dry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when you don't get a napkin at all, that's very sad. It's like, let me just rip the bag and wipe. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'll wipe my face and my tears as well, you, you, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Okay. I get, I get the vibe. I have a, I have a pet peeve, which is also like an extremely like first world pet peeve. But, and if this is a bit of a strange one, maybe, but um, some background, I used, my dog recently passed away, which is very sad, but very she used to, to pee that. on the, um, she used to wee like on the bath mats in the bathroom. And so like, we don't have bath mats in our bathroom still because it was only recent and she would pee on them. So we never had them. And I hated it when people would walk wet feet through the house. We have floorboards. And so like, I wouldn't have a shower, but my partner or my sister would or something. And then I would walk through the house and find these like random wet puddles and of like water on the floor from the shower. And then I would have wet feet, but I hadn't had a shower and Anyway, that's a weird pet peeve, but it really bugs me. Like, and it's quite a disconcerting like, frustration. Like, why is the floor wet? Like, it's floorboards. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's that's not a pet. I hate that myself. I firstly, yeah. I'm very, very sorry to hear about your pooch. They truly are oh, our no. best mates. Yeah, for real, yeah. Misty. Yeah, was an angel pup. Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, mm. But you're exactly right about the whole wet floor thing. It's like, oh yeah. We, we have a floor, not a bloody swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, right. And then especially when it wasn't you. Like I'll walk into my, like I have an ensuite in my bedroom and I'll walk into the bedroom after my partner's had a shower and like he will have walked around the bed to get to the wardrobe. And then I'll just randomly step in like a puddle of water. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my feet are now wet. Like this is not, anyway. That's, that's definitely mine. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what this section's for. Well, maybe yeah. all the cafe owners out there put bloody napkins down on the floor so we have something to wipe yeah. our feet and hands on. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You see, this is the gift that keeps on giving. So we're raising big awareness out there. So yeah, everyone with wet facts. feet, at least wipe your feet on a napkin and we'll be just yeah, fine. Please. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. When we were kids, uh, I've got an older brother. And a much mm-hmm. older, older sister. And by the time she moved out, my bedroom was right next to the bathroom in the house we grew up in. And oh, quite yeah. often, just like a towel around him, just shit all through the, the through the, the hallway. House. And he used to always Tragic. blame me. I'm like, I've only got small feet. How can it possibly be mine? <laughs> and he'd go, I'm going to bash you. <laughs> <gasps> Love older siblings. Love to see it. Have you got, you said you've got a sister. Do you have an older sibling or are you the oldest? Or No, I'm the oldest. But yep. I have four younger siblings. They're all half half siblings, but like full siblings in my heart, you know. Yeah, oh, for sure. I've got my sister's uh, a half sister. She's she's uh, sixteen years older, and my brother's full. Oh wow! And, and I got three step siblings as well. They're all slightly older. So. Oh yeah, 
big I mean, blended families. Oh, uh, Christmas time sends me broke with all my nephews and nieces all and right. Christmas presents. For real. This so is many... the first Christmas, yeah, for me, where I, like, got everyone gifts. Yeah. And it was gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> and so many little feet prints through the carpet. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> right. I will. I don't know about you, but I love having a good old bitch. It makes me feel good. Um, yeah. Get that off your chest. So, yeah. So, as I said, this this podcast has two sections. It's about mm-hmm. that having a bitch part and have, making sure we dry our feet before we carry on. And the next yes, part, it's, it's about storytelling. So what I thought we'd do is sort of deep dive into Bella's life, you know, what she like as a person, how she got started, and then talk about sort of some of your journey thus far. About the, a little, We talk a little bit about the voice. We don't have to go too much into that if you don't want to and focus on yeah. uh, the EP and and the tour dates and some of the writing process. So yeah, cool. How does that sound? Are we are we okay to delve into the life that is Bella? <laughs> yeah, good to go. This sounds like that old uh, that old TV show, Bella. This is your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I like to sort of not make it like every other interview that you've probably done. The first question is: cast your mind back to when you were as young as you can remember. What right. was the first ever thing you were a fan of? Whether it's a music, singer, show, book. TV show, whatever it was. What was the first fandom uh, you ever had? To be honest, oh, probably Australian Idol, to be honest, which yeah. is funny. Like, I've always been a fan of Guy, of course, and it wasn't, like, exclusively, like, I wasn't, like, a crazy, crazy Guy fan before, but I was an Idol fan. Like, I've always loved singing. Um, and, like, I remember when I was probably, like, 9 or 10, meeting Marsha Hines when she was a judge on Idol yep. and just thinking that it was, like, the coolest thing ever, like, ever. That's probably yep. the first thing I was a big fan of. Yeah, well, she was a, I don't know if she still is, but she was living in Newcastle for a long time as well. Yeah, and, uh, I think she was recently, she like recently made an appearance on a season of The Voice, I think, or like a season cool. of a show. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> it seems so long ago, like that first series of Australian Idol. I mean, Guy took it out and he beat Nolsey and that fro yeah. <laughs> and, you know, was it Mark Holden, Dicko, Dicko and Marsha were the judges? And Marsha, yep. Oh, Crazy. Man. I remember I had hair back then. Now I'm as bald as bald as you can get. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've taken some hits in my head over the time. I can assure you. But like, <laughs> but yeah, that seems so long. And ringing up to to cast your vote. Now it's like a text yeah. line and, and stuff like that. My my, how times yep. have changed, hey? Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So was that? So that sort of leads me into like my next question is so being loving singing and loving singing reality related television shows. Yeah. What did that help? with the genesis of your music career like was that the first was that where it truly first started for you or what was the first part, like start of your music career where did it truly start for you yeah do you think? well to be it's actually quite funny because to be really honest when I was like very little I thought Idol was the coolest thing in the world and then like when I kind of grew up a little bit and went into my teenage years I actually had no interest in music or singing like at all like I could sing and liked it but had no kind of drive or um like ideal that I wanted to have a career in the industry and so to be honest like I didn't really start singing much or like start wanting to pursue anything to do with it until I started going to my church and you know like music is such a big um big part of churches I guess and so that was kind of the beginning for me of like enjoying singing and wanting to do it I guess yeah yeah and so I did that for like seven or eight years kind of thing and really loved it and then when the pandemic hit um, I like saw the application for the voice come up on my computer and had really never wanted to do anything like it. 
never had any intention to do it, but like wasn't able, I was teaching singing previous to um, COVID and so wasn't really able to teach much and thought like I may as well give it a go. I'm not really doing anything else and like it could be a fun experience, you know. Uh, good on you, like having having that drive. I um, I used, oh, I still have a, a, a faith. I'm a man of faith and I used hmm. to, um, I studied for a little bit of time there at the Planet Shakers Bible College in Newcastle. Oh, yeah. For a time. Cool. Uh, and, I, and Guy used to be the lead singer for the Planet Shakers. little fun fact for all the Guy fans out there. Uh, yeah. Some of their earlier albums, he, I think it was the Open Up the Gates album. He was the lead right. vocalist on some of their songs. So there yeah. you go, a little uh, bit of trivia for you out there. Yeah, and fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you're so yeah i was the next i was going to say so you're a music teacher and, and then it, before you're a recording artist are you still i've watched an interview with you on the today show with larry and Con- yeah. uh, and are you still teaching as well as with all this going on or is that on the back burner no you, not anymore definitely in the back pocket at the moment i wish that i could but i think consistency is really important and if i can't yeah. offer that to my students i don't want to don't want to not be there no that's fair enough so yeah ne- next question is who has or is been a current influence for you both in your music, both personally and professionally, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are so many like female artists that I just love and really respect, um, like people like Yabba, I love her and Adele. Any kind of like soul fusion, um, you know, female artists I think are amazing and I love that people are increasingly being more transparent and being more themselves than um, having a kind of like artist profile which I think is really, really cool. And then, of course, Guy's been a huge influence, especially in the last 12 months, like seeing his professionalism and his skill level and the way that he navigates the Australian music industry is something that is, like, invaluable to watch and to learn from. So definitely Guy as well. Yeah, nice. So Guy seems like a, a really down-to-earth sort of humble sort of guy. And oh, sorry, mind the pun. He um he did, a, <laughs> he did a like a version on Triple J. I think it was circa 2016 he did a he sang for ldru um right uh, his version of i'm just keeping score absolutely killed it he was on piano and so i'm sort of i know the guys who used to host triple j breakfast back then matt and alex and they were saying like this guy it's just it's guy sebastian walks in with such swagger bought everyone coffees and just apparently he was just the light of of the of the experience so you know yeah i I love hearing stories like that so that's awesome yeah he is yeah. genuinely just so lovely. And I think that's something that's really important to me as well, like being down to earth and being kind and just being aware that any opportunities that we get are just really good, like, blessings, you know. And so, yeah, he's a great example to learn from for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I, I interviewed a, a U.S. Marine. Um, he's, he's written heaps of books. Anyways, mm-hmm. one of the one of his sayings resonated with me. He said, Mitch, there are two types of people in this life that go to their funeral. Those that want to look good on a presentation, like they have their suit, their hair done, and mm. those that have a closed coffin who might look a bit rough saying that they lived a life. So I, that's how I generally mm. want to live my life, take those experiences. And you sound the same, yeah. you know, you're, you're stepping up to the, a, a massive, massive, putting yourself out there. The world's going to see, you know, world saw what, you, what you've done. And, you know, so mm. I think kudos to you for having like the, the strength to go through with something like that because a lot of people wouldn't so i think yeah, credit credit where credit's due and I, um <laughs> oh it's uh, you probably hear it all the time but that's i, I love hearing stories like that and i i look at well, I, I talk to you now just going this is awesome you know that when you're a kid you when you're excited you, you shake your fist around like it is oh my god i get to talk to bell this is great <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the shout outs to Mariam. She's organized it. So thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Mariam, the best. I just, uh, another question I like to ask singers as well is so I've spoken to Greta Ray, uh, Hayley Mary from mm-hmm. the Jezebels and Charlie, and they've had some funny reactions, but I'm curious about this one with you. What's a guilty pleasure when you're either on the road or at home that you don't like to live without? So like a favorite food or like a, a television mm. show or something? Is this, do you um, yes, definitely. I'll give you two things. Definitely any kind of medical show. Like I've watched Grey's Anatomy a million times and I've just started watching Chicago Med. And so they're like my zone out, chill out kind of things. Yep. Um, and then I can't live without cheese. I love cheese, cheese and biscuits, <laughs> absolutely all the way, all the time. If I can't figure out what I want for dinner or like, I will absolutely just eat cheese and biscuits. Like it's my favorite thing. Well, <laughs> it's certainly not easy being cheesy. That's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a weird, when I was a kid, and my mum would uh, totally 100% back this up. I used to love grated yeah. cheese in a bowl. I don't know what it was about <laughs> it, but mum would just look at me and go, oh, you, I learned how to use the grater when I was about seven years old. And uh, right. she's always, always a bowl of bigger cheese and watching some cheese TV in the mornings or something like that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I used to have my grandma, so weird. This is, I feel like this is even weirder than grated cheese. My grandma used to give me frozen peas, like still frozen. <laughs> yeah. And I used to eat frozen peas. Like, anyway, so weird. But even now, like as an adult, sometimes, very rarely, I'll like have a small bowl of frozen peas and there's just something about them that's so satisfying. Very strange. <laughs> well, you know what's healthy for you? And it's reminding yeah. you of that nostalgic feeling as well. So hang on yeah. to that. I, <laughs> yeah. I had a, if I had a bowl of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a bowl of cheese now, Everyone just looks at me going, who's this dickhead? Yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, we yeah. all have, I think we all have that, like Greta Ray nearly like jumped through the screen. She's like, oh my God, I love burritos. I love them. <laughs> oh yeah. Burritos are so good. Oh, I'm, you know what? This talk, all it's making me hungry. Yeah, so, hung- yeah, right. <laughs> and it's the right time of day after we're done. I'm going to yeah, going to set myself up with a with an awesome bowl of cheese. My goodness, with, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I truly peaked in my thirties. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh dear, Very Mitch, cool. you were an absolute superstar. Fair Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Um, so obviously you've been gigging for a while. Um, you would have played in multiple venues at this point. Just curious, is there a, a gig, either one that you've watched or played yourself, that you've truly vibed with, and what's a cool story that goes with it? Hmm. I mean, all of the guide tours that have been happening have been like the most incredible experience ever, which is just like I can't believe that I'm getting this opportunity. So that's been crazy. And I think other than that, when I was a teenager, I went to see Kimbra. She's like yeah. this amazing artist from New Zealand, and she, she, she does the the voice with Gotcha, yeah, one of the one of the most streamed yeah, songs yeah, of yeah. all time. Yeah, somebody that I used to know. Yeah, she's yep. the female. Yeah, but her like solo projects are just amazing, and definitely something that I listened to so much when I was younger. And I went to watch her live, and she used a loop pedal um, yep. for her set, and I just thought I'd never seen anything like it before. And I was really young, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that someone could use their voice as like an all-encompassing instrument yep. in yeah so I think that's probably the coolest like live music experience I've seen or had I think she's absolutely incredible that's awesome I I love those little like you, you go along when I say little I mean little venues like those yeah. intimate shows with a with a solo star that you're not 100% yeah. sure of 
say you, yeah. if you go along to see a big band and you see the the opening set of a, a lesser known band you're like who are these guys i remember seeing mm. calling all cars out of melbourne and they opened for the yeah. Foo fighters years ago mm-hmm. it, was, it might have been the Foo fighters race only ace dc i can't remember but it had the the big double bass cello i'm like what is this this is sick mm. and they just mm. and then they started rocking out and i'm a huge fan of this to this day so you know yeah. music music is one of the gifts that keeps on giving totally 100 percent. that's awesome so i might so that's a little bit about you know yourself before the voice can we spend We'll dive into the voice a little bit and talk about your experiences yeah. on there. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So I know, as I said before, six months since you took out the title, and uh, it's all yeah, good. Wow. But congrat- congratulations. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Feels like a long, long time ago. Finally. It, well, I bet, like you know, after going through something like that, and then life post, I would say a life changing yeah. event. It, it isn't it funny how like my the, my biggest accolade is I won the meat tray at the local West Falls End. Workers Club <laughs> about six months ago, and I thought <laughs> I thought I was king shit. <laughs> I love it. That's so exciting. I would be so excited if I want to meet Trey. I love cooking. So, yeah. do you have a go to? Yeah. Do you have a go to uh, dish that you like to make? Or oh, I love making a roast, roast lamb, roast chicken. I really do love cooking so much. Both of my parents, like separately, have a really amazing ability to cook and like love it. And yep. so I guess I like somehow genetically received that. <laughs> That's all right. I, I am. Um, I I just bought a, a meat smoker, and I've been. Oh, that's so cool. Practicing out of um, I, I did some uh, some pulled pork the other day, yummy. Yum. And I did a I did a brisket the other week, and <gasps> needless to say, I was never going to be a skinny man feeding him. <laughs> <laughs> I take- love it. I want a smoker so badly. I definitely am not ready to make the commitment yet, but like that is a hundred percent in my future. Getting a smoker for sure. Well, yeah, it's. I think the brisket was kept at 105 degrees for six hours, and every hour you have to do what you have to. So yeah, it is the spray and vinegar and baste and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's my it's my longest uh, serving relationship for a while. So (laughs) (laughs) going with the brisket. Oh, I would totally risk it for the brisket. Oh my lord, I'm a dickhead. (laughs) I love it. Oh, oh, this episode should be called Tangents. I'm, I'm like a math teacher. There's tangents everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully other people appreciate brisket. I hope so. I hope so because brisket, amazing. And to all the yeah. vegetarians out there, I do apologize, but I do love brisket. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, we sort of touched on it before, but as you said, you, you sort of it popped up on your computer. But after you saw the ad, what was it about that convinced you to finally audition for the voice like what what made you go you know what bugger it I'm gonna have a crack at this yeah I mean you know faith like I kind of briefly mentioned before is a really big part of my life and for me like I guess I always intended to work in ministry and not in the music industry but doors just weren't really opening for me there I was teaching full-time couldn't really teach anymore and so I kind of just saw it and for some reason felt like I should apply like I really can't explain it any other way it was quite strange actually and a lot of my friends and family were so surprised because of course they've been like you should do the voice or you should you know pursue a career in this industry and I've just always been so hard-lined about not wanting to do it um but I just saw it and even in my application like I look back at it and have a laugh because some of the questions are like what makes you think that you could win the voice you know for example and like some of my answers were just so not dry like rude but just so like matter of fact and saying you know I just I'm not working at the moment and really want 
to give it a go and think it could be fun, you know? So yeah, um, unassuming, I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't even really know how to explain what motivated me to do it. I just felt like it was time to do something, I guess. Yeah, sort of like right place at the right time. Can I yeah. can I share a story with you that happened to me recently? It was possibly yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, I can't believe I had to share this. <laughs> so I just moved from Newcastle to Orange, and for those of you who aren't familiar, it's about a five-hour drive or so. Mm. Anyways, so I, I I had the the truck with all my furniture in it. I called into the service station near Bathurst to fill it up. Anyways, so I filled it up. I used pump number two and I walked yeah. in to pay for my fuel. And um, there's a little old lady in front of me speaking to the attendant. She was a bit rough. And she said to the guy, excuse me, where's the toilet? And he's like, oh, sure. It's just out there in the entrance. So I had to walk past this woman. Anyways, mm. I just so then it's my turn next. And the attendant instinctively says the number of the bows out loud to whoever's walking in. So looks at me and goes, mm-hmm. number two. <laughs> She's still an earshot. She goes, as a matter of fact, you pervert, it's, I'm doing a number one. What's it to you? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I thought to myself, what am I doing moving out here? Have I made the right call? <laughs> <laughs> at least that wasn't like a you comment. Like, I feel like that's awkward to encounter, but at least it wasn't you that said it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. I just I, I looked was at there this- to observe. I was, yeah, I was literally just there to bear witness to this oh, absolutely God. hilarious event. My she slammed man. the toilet door. I handed my money in and oh. I I had about two tons of steel shaking from laughter as I walked out, as I yeah. drove away. <laughs> I'm sure you got out of there real quick. Time to leave. <laughs> oh, my good. I can't believe I just shared that. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Um, okay, next question. Oh, tangents, you're on fire today, Mitch Feedington. <laughs> <laughs> whilst whilst you were going along and your time on the voice, you know, uh, what are some of the what are some of the lessons that you learn, like both personally and professionally, do you think? Like what are some mm-hmm. of the big takeouts away from your experience? Yeah. I mean, I think um it's just as much a television show as it is a singing competition. And so I think Luckily, I went into it very unassuming and not expecting a particular outcome. Um, So I was able to just kind of enjoy each step of the process and take the wins as they came, I guess. Um, But I think the whole experience, like in, I love, I loved my experience and I feel really lucky because all of the producers and all of the backstage team and crew were all so wonderful and amazing. And I think that they try to glean as much as they can from you in order to create a product which is a tv show you know and so for me I just did my best to glean as much as I could from them and from the whole process and yeah just took it for what it was I think so that was a great lesson for me um that your posture and like the way that you go into things and your heart and your intention behind things can really determine what your experience is like for sure yeah that's no those are those are humbling words to hear that like you know you you're going in, you're honest, you, you know, the old expression, you are what you, you, you know, what you see is what you get. So it's yeah. kind of, it's, I guess, like, I guess as a fan of the show and as a consumer, I guess you could say, it's refreshing mm. to hear that the person that you see in the highlight is the person that mm. you are. So, you know, kudos to you Thanks. for staying true to, to what you're all about and, um, you know, Thanks. frozen <laughs> peas, even frozen peas and all yeah, that. Yeah, frozen going- peas. <laughs> it's going swimmingly this is great i'm having That's fun it. Good. <laughs> was it as you know as you were going along you said you took it for what it was but was ever was there ever a moment on your time and going holy crap is this really happening like did you have to stop and pinch yourself at any point 
Yeah, I mean, to be like really, really, truly honest, I think even now I'm still like, what is going on? Like it's just been such a whirlwind from when the show started filming. I, I'm still, like I was talking to my partner about it recently. I was saying to him, I want to be able to stop on this tour and have a look at the fact that I'm standing like in the ICC or at these crazy venues and singing in front of all of these people and that this is what I'm doing now with my life. And it's been such a short, short time but such a drastic change so I don't I still don't know if it's hit me to be truthful like I don't even I still can't believe that it's all real I know that it was super surreal watching um because obviously we ended filming in like March April and then it didn't air until September so for me it's been like a year and a half since the process actually started it started in October of 2020 which is when I had my first like off-screen audition and so I didn't know whether I'd won or not, but had filmed the grand final. So I had to wait from April to September. Gosh, that so, must, you must, your mind must have been going a thousand miles an hour thinking yeah, what's going to happen. It, and it was just so strange because I was like still kind of like doing my teaching job as much as I could through COVID and like writing music as much as I could just to prepare in case like I'd won, I guess. And so it was pretty surreal sitting on the couch and watching myself win and not knowing if I was going to win. That was crazy for sure. That's like the, the producers are sneaky devils, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's Clever. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I actually went back this morning and put it up on YouTube and had a look at the moment. And like, I mean, yeah. as a watcher, I got goosebumps and just, I genuinely uh, love seeing people succeed. Like, you know, to mm. know that you then got a recording contract and obviously the prize money yeah. and stuff, but to see yeah. that, to see the, like the humbleness and the, the, the sincere, approach that you have and how thankful you are like I that's that's what I love seeing I love seeing people go from strength to strength so um Mm. you know good on you that's that's awesome thanks yeah it is good it's encouraging to know that like I have the ability to still be completely entirely myself because I was through the whole process and now I don't find it difficult at all to navigate like situations because nothing about my character or personality have changed and my value or yeah, like my value isn't reliant on the fact that I won the show or reliant on like what I'm doing for work. It It's always been the same priority, I guess. Yeah. Just you got so much damn talent. <laughs> it's, Thank um, you. it's, you know, I was just talking before on like on your application form, you're like, why yeah. would, why do, why do you want to enter the voice? I'd probably say something along the lines of, because I have a voice, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why you'll never see me succeed in the music industry. But anyway, <laughs> that and I've got no talent. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. The applications are so funny. They're, and it's very like, um, a lot of the questions are reliant on like a lot of self-confidence. And I guess, cause I never intended to kind of be in the music industry and all of my music experience and singing experience had been in church it can definitely feel like a different intention so me saying I want to win because I think I'm even me saying I want to win was like really hard for me and I don't think until after I'd actually won was I able to say I'm glad that I won and like or that I deserved it or that even after hard work it's such a weird kind of concept to me. So, yeah, it's very interesting, the whole thing. Well, I say to the listeners all the time, like, I had a, 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 a I guess you call it five, 50 seconds of fame. I, I went on a TV game show called Mastermind. And if you're, unfam- oh, yeah. if you're unfamiliar with the show. No, I love Mastermind. But so I, I some picked, people, yes. <laughs> I picked the show Scrubs and I wore a Scrubs onesie on TV. Right. And so the, the Scrubs podcast is called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. 
Anyways, yeah. Mark Fennell released a promo video. He got a, across all the socials about half a million uh, views and stuff. And yeah. they then, the producers of the Fake Doctors podcast asked me to go on their show. So I got oh. to meet Turk and JD from Scrubs virtually. And, oh, wow. That's cool. And then it sort of shot the listenership from that show come over to mine. And I shot yeah. up to number one on a Spotify in Australia, number three on Apple. Um, oh, wow. So it was like, it was an unofficial masterstroke from a marketing perspective but there was yeah. also a tumblr thread and the first thing oh, goes wow. this this bloke's head so big it's a it's not a forehead <laughs> it's a fiver and they just started <gasps> ripping shreds off me <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I giggled can be really scary oh, i bet i like especially yeah like when you're in the highlight i suppose but to, to those people that are keyboard warriors and i got nothing better to do you know <sighs> you can do what you want but at the end of the day, I know I'm a dickhead, so you can't you can't hurt me. <laughs> so you don't have to tell me. Thank you. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. So, um, yeah, as once as I said before, congratulations on taking it out. Like, uh, you deserve Thanks. all the accolades, and you deserve all the the. I, I sincerely think you deserve all the good things life has to offer because you're so down to earth. So kudos to you once again, me. And Thank you. I just wanted to to talk to you about life post the voice. So. As yeah. I said before, it's about six months since you took it out. Um, mm-hmm. How have things been since the show has wrapped up? And uh, yeah, talk, talking about your your record deal. And so how yeah. things been post The Voice? Yeah, I mean, definitely increasingly busy. I think um, I've been trying to kind of bridge the space between me being a contestant on The Voice and the kind of profile that I had on The Voice and the songs that I was singing with like my writing style and my personal music career. And so that's definitely been something that like we're trying to do slowly but surely. But um, yeah, AMI, who's the label that I'm signed with, have been really incredible. Their whole team is amazing and they genuinely care about like individuality and artists pursuing and writing music that they're passionate about. And so I felt really lucky um, that like the first few meetings that I kind of went into, I was able to say, well, actually, I'd like to write my own music and release my own music. And they were really receptive to that. So to be honest, like the label side of things have been really, really smooth, really quick moving. Like it's been quite difficult yep. um, as far as like the the time layout of when things need to be delivered and done. But um, yeah, I, the team there are really, really wonderful people. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, um, as I said before, some other, some of the other artists signed to the same label, like Charlie and Greta Ray, they've said similar yeah. things like... Um, from strength to strength, they've had a really supportive team. So to everyone yeah. there at EMI, keep doing what you're doing. Yes. It's working. And uh, yeah. please keep giving us consumers great audio content for our ear holes. We're going well. Yes. Love <laughs> to see it. <laughs> and you've been, you've been quite busy. So as we've spoken about before, you've had a few EPs come out in that time, but the recently mm. released look, look Me In The Eyes. Um, and for those of you out there, it's a six song EP. Got some amazing yes. production. It's easy listening great lyrics, amazing melodies. And the, as I listened to it, it sort of appeared to have a theme of like love and like both positive and negative connotations of like yeah. possible heartbreak or, or upset. So can you tell us about the EP itself and what, you know, what juxtaposition or what theme you were going with when, when you were recording it? Yeah. I mean, I guess when I started writing those songs, I was kind of going through something like obviously all of our music comes whether largely or, in a small way from our personal experiences and the lives that we live and the lives that the people that we love live as well, you know? Um, 
And so as I was kind of writing that project, I was just like processing and dealing with things that were happening in my personal life and also witnessing the things that were happening, you know, to the people around me and the people that I love. And so there's themes of, um, you know, faithfulness and care and friendship and hurt, you know, all of these things that run through the whole project. But I think one thing that was really important to me, and I guess the theme if I was to boil it down to one thing would be just um, like the idea of processing hurt and not being bitter, trying to to like analyze and take the high road kind of thing. Yeah. uh, Not even the high road, but just like not allowing yourself to walk away with more hurt than you need to carry. Like I think sometimes we hold on to things and it just makes it worse for everyone involved, but there's ways to, you know, process and talk through things and deal with things that are healthy and constructive and and don't leave you feeling bitter or more hurt than you need to feel at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. Like I quite often I have guests come on and we speak about the importance of of speaking as opposed to like 9 times out of 10 say if person A was to hold a grudge against person B. Mm. Person B probably wouldn't be aware of it and person A would be the yeah, one hurting. So Exactly. Like I 110% agree with with what you just said because you know like even if it's like a, 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 a romantic relationship or a friendship, it doesn't work out or whatever, mm. you know, if you can do what you just said and sort of walk away from it with your head held high, as opposed to, you know, being down in the dumps, you know, as my friends often say, it's not the walk of shame, Mitch, it's the stride of pride. You should be empowered by your experiences. Like, yeah. Oh, you know what? I resonate with that. So I stride with pride yeah. everywhere. And I love um, that. <laughs> So, you know, that's awesome. I I uh, resonated with quite a few of the songs, but you got mm. to collaborate with a fellow grand finalist from The Voice, yes. Mr. Arlo Sim. Um, yes. That, so for those of you listening, he, they appear in a duet together. They collaborate on the final song of the EP to Lindsay, which is the one yes. I resonated with the most. Can you tell mm. us about the, the song to Lindsay and how was it uh, recording with him and how was the process with Arlo? Yeah, I mean, my very first EP that I released prior to The Voice is called Tell Me How You Really Feel. Um, and there's a song on that called You and Me, which actually features Arlo as well. Um, just like, uh, yeah, which is was so cool because we'd been working together on The Voice. It hadn't aired yet and we were able to record and release that song, which is amazing. And then I felt like it just was right to have him on this project again. Um, but Arlo's insanely amazing and this the song to Lindsay um my best friend's name is Lindsay and so we've been friends probably for almost 15 years now um and she's like the family that I had when I didn't really feel like I had family and is just like to be honest one of the most important people in my life and will be forever for sure um but she was in a long-term relationship with another one of our friends and um you know she has a history of like mental health struggles and has just had a bit of a rough go and so she called me one afternoon out of the blue and just said to me like you know my boyfriend and I have just broken up and I was so shocked because none of us really saw it coming um and you know me singing has always been something that has been like special in our friendship I guess so I went outside with Josh my partner and we just sat on the grass in his backyard and grabbed an acoustic guitar and wrote this song and the little voice memo from the beginning of the song that's on the record is actually from the original voice memo that um, we recorded the song from and it came so quickly like it probably took us 20 minutes to write it Josh and I wrote it together and I sent it straight to Lindsay just in a voice memo Um, just as like something of comfort for her, I guess. It was a very personal um, song, you know. Yeah, 100%. And 
Yeah, so and then um, I thought it was important to reflect like both perspectives of a relationship and I think like as I was kind of saying, walking away with um, without bitterness is something I'm passionate about so I thought the perfect way to kind of seal the record would be having a song that had two people's perspectives, um, yep. you know, uh, two partners' perspectives and so Josh and I talked about it and thought that literally no better person to have sing it with me would be Arlo. He's just so incredible at what he does and so expressive and such a dear friend to us and so um yeah we just asked him if he could come and record it and we went into Forbes and recorded it and it was just right so nice Forbes isn't too far from where I am now ah a lovely town oh, of Forbes. Forbes Street in the city oh I thought you're talking about Not. the little country town of Forbes I'm like no. oh, okay cool <laughs> I was going to say, there's no. probably one one studio in the entire Central West area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that's not too far from where the legendary Vera Blue is from. So, yes. Uh, so, there is some talent out this way. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's just something about like an acoustic guitar, a duet, powerful lyrics. And Agreed. That's, and it, you know, it tells a story. Like that's why I love doing this. I love hearing stories like yours and sharing them mm. with the world. Like I, I get a kick out of hearing passion behind that story. And, you know, you, you mentioned Josh and uh, you've worked with a, with some talented people on this record. So Josh and Scott Moorcroft and Arlo. And um, so shout outs to those legends. And how was it working on some of the other songs with Josh and Scott and, yeah, how, what about some of the other highlights of the recording process? Can you touch? Can you touch on some of those? Yeah, I mean, the whole process was so quick, <laughs> to be really honest, but so amazing. I think um, Josh and I have a really good thing going with writing and producing and working together. So we kind of banged out a bunch of songs needed to get a project out before this tour that I was going on with Guy. And so luckily, we'd already kind of been writing um, through the year prior and had a bit of material and kind of like made all our demos and then basically said to the label, here you go. I hope you like it. Um, Uh, And luckily they liked it. (laughs) And so we were able to go ahead with the project and kind of write a couple of extra songs here and there. And then we got to go to the Grove, which is um, Scott Horsecross studio, which is so beautiful. The property is amazing and the gear there is amazing. Um, And obviously having his expertise was something that was invaluable you know, for us to learn and glean from. So it was a really quick process, but um, it was definitely pretty amazing. Like Josh worked his butt off. We all worked our butts off um, and are glad that something has come out of it. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible process. And the fact you were able to do it, um, you know, so close to your heart, was it after you write a song and submit it to say the label or maybe play it live for the first time, are you nervous like are you putting some raw art out in the world does it ever play on your heart going oh no I hope they like this or like what yeah what what does it usually get what's the usual mindset or thought process when you're releasing I mean it's so scary (laughs) it's so so scary especially since my profile and the voice is quite different to my writing style like I think the two scariest things are one pitching things to the label and hoping that they like them and then two actually releasing stuff and seeing if my fans relate to that just as much as they relate to me singing like a huge ballad, you know? And luckily I think like it's been received quite well, but it is definitely nerve wracking. These songs are like about my personal life, about the people that I love and, you know, bringing those songs to others is very exposing for sure. Yeah. Well, there's like, you know, even, I know this is not even in the same realm, but when you're releasing art, I mean, this art, art form, it's me speaking to a plastic stick with awesome people. 
It's still mm. like putting putting your your life out there in the stratosphere. Like yeah. I do it. I do a radio show here in Orange as well, and I've just started. And oh. um, yeah, like just being out there in the public domain. Like, I, but you still got to pinch yourself when you get that. Or oh, this is me personally. When someone goes, yeah. you know what? The talk you did on guest ABC, I really resonated mm. with it, and because of that, I've started a project. You've given me yeah inspiration to go through. Have you? Have you ever had a fan or met people that have just made you speechless as to the stories they've shared with you? Yeah. I mean, I think like, like I just started doing meet and greets for um, the Gaia tour. And so I'm getting to meet like hundreds and hundreds of people every night, which is so incredible because I felt like I've really missed that like interpersonal connection through COVID and through ISO. So there are so many young kids and young adults who have kind of like decided to take that step or pursue a career or decide that they're brave enough to say, I want to be in the music industry. And I think like through teaching, I encountered this more than ever, like young, young kids and young adults who don't have the confidence to say that they want to be in the creative arts or in, in the industry because maybe their parents don't see it as a viable career or, you know, there's, there's so much of that kind of like underlying talk of, oh, you'll never be successful as a musician. You know, I feel like that was something that was said, said around me even when I was young. And so being able to empower young people to have the courage to pursue what they're passionate about and know that there's multiple avenues and it's not just a closed door. It's something I'm really passionate about. And so, yeah, any conversation I have in that kind of realm is very special to me. Yeah. And by the sound of things, you would say to those out there, like chase your dreams, like life is too short. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like if you're passionate about something, it will happen one way or another. And sometimes we get really set. Like for me, I was positive that I wanted to work in ministry. I never wanted to have a career in the music industry. Um, all I wanted to do was like sing for my church, right? That was kind of like my goal and yeah. and my vision. And like I had to let my heart soften and have the courage to pursue something that was outside of that, but still in the same realm. And I think sometimes when we get too married to a particular idea or a particular career title, um, it can limit us in in where we end up. And so just be bold and brave and pursue the things that you're passionate about because at the end of the day like it's your life and it's what's going to make you happy for the rest of your life and you deserve to live a happy life you know you deserve to do the things that you love so do them 100% this talking about that US Marine I spoke about earlier he he said some interesting things in in a similar sense as to what you just said he said Mitch thing about career and thought process is this. He said, you are the only person you spend 24 hours a day with. So why not make decisions that'll make you happy? And on average, our careers take up 33% of our lives. So that's a third of your Mm. life out there. Yeah. So he said, why not spend a third of your life, at least being semi-happy or taking steps towards what makes you happy. He said, a victory today is something less you have to worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, you say that to, to everyone you come across so i i'm a i work in mining i do a seven yeah. on seven off roster so my seven days off yeah wow it allows me to to do things like this to to podcast to do a radio yeah, show to do passionate you know, passion you're passionate about yeah, yeah totally yeah. and like you know you are living proof as to like it can it can happen you can be victorious and come mm. out on the other side you know the grass yeah. might not always be greener to start with but if you keep walking mm. 
you'll get there. Yeah, keep watering it. <laughs> I sound like a bloody Hallmark, Hallmark card. No. <laughs> <laughs> Inspirational. Oh, stop, drop, and roll. Mitchie, you're on fire, mate. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, I'm absolutely embarrassing myself, but this is great. So, you know, for all the listeners out there, I will post links to all of Bella's socials and you can find the EP wherever you get music or in all good music stores. And also, you said before, so you're touring. So you're currently touring with Guy. You've got your own solo shows coming up in July. And uh, I can take a moment to read out where the solo shows will be playing, if you like. Yes, please, so, please come. <laughs> so if, if anyone out there is interested in going to see Bella play either with Guy or her solo show, so in July, she's playing at the Street Theatre in Canberra, July 8, July 9, Memo Music Hall in St Kilda, July 11, the J Theatre in Noosa, July 16, the Old Music Concert Hall in Brisbane, July 22, Paddington RSL, July 23, Blue Mountains Theatre, Blue Mountains in Sydney, uh, go along. I've just got tickets to go to the Blue Mountain show because it's the closest one. Yay! So I'll be there. So if anyone wants to come on down and in the, around the Sydney area, come and have a uh, watch a show and have a beer or something after, you're welcome to, to come and join. And um, yeah. so come along and come and see Bella do a thing. And and yeah, so well worth it. And I'll include links to tickets and stuff in the bio. But I wanted Amazing. to ask you bef- before we close out. Uh, mm-hmm. What does the next 12 months have in store for you? Will we have more music or, or what's next for, for Bella after the tour? Yeah, I mean, I think quite a lot of hopefully touring and traveling. I mean, I have my solo shows in July. I'm doing another show with Guy in August, which is like a really cool one in Uluru, which I'm so excited for. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And then, yeah, lots of travel. I think I'm getting married in January. Which is so exciting. And so then hopefully we'll be going to Europe in February, might go to America sometime later this year. Um, but yeah, lots of writing, writing, hopefully writing an album. <laughs> Just putting it out there, so, me uh, telling myself. <laughs> so to everyone out there, watch this space. <laughs> yeah. But congratulations on the wedding in January. Uh, congratulations Thanks. on the new EP. It's great. And yeah. I promise by, by when this comes out, I would have uh, pronounced it correctly. So yeah. Um, <laughs> So thanks so much for your time today. Um, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And you've, you've been absolutely me. charming and kind and very, very easy to talk to. So I appreciate it. And um, thanks. that's okay. So once again, everyone, thanks for listening to this here Life's a Mitch Potty. And I hope to see you on the next one. Bye for now.